hello and welcome to another episode of The Run-In. Today we're going to preview the World Cup final which is happening this very weekend in Switzerland in Davos, the very eastern part, very alpine part of Switzerland. Um, we'll, we, we're actually both in the same town, but by the... Yeah. Um, the failure of logistics between the two of us, we are actually both sat in our various like accommodations and doing this still online because still online. habits die hard, I guess. <laughs> they um, do, but I, I'm sure we'll try and do something face to face. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll try and do something face to face over the weekend um, and maybe speak to a couple of members of the team and that, that'll possibly come out of the next podcast. But yes, for now, I'm, I'm currently in a four person dormitory, which is already stinking of oak it. So the listeners can, uh, they know that I'm, I'm sure they know the smell. It's oh, pungent. It's very distinctive. And, yes. and I'm in a, I'm in a little one bed kind of little, almost apartment kind of thing. It's quite, it's quite cute. Oh, very. It also very nice. smells of oak it because oh, wow. um, my disclosure by the, by the, um, uh, that I need to kind of say at the beginning of this podcast that we're recording this on Friday, so Friday before the competitions start. I have just run pre-run one of the races, so I'm going to basically shut up. I'm not going to tell you which one I've run, but I've run one or part of or something of a race, and that's all I'm going to say. So um, I often like to kind of let people know if I have or haven't pre-run because if I haven't pre-run, then I can like join in with the all the speculation with everybody and be like, what's it going to be like? What the ter- what's the terrain going to be like? All of that kind of stuff. But now I just, I just have to stay out of it. So I'm going to basically, and I'm going to ask Will, what you think you know about, about all of the events. <sighs> but first of all, how's the, how's the um, kind of team vibe there? How long have you, and how long have you been in Switzerland? Um, so I flew in yesterday. Um, a few of us flew into Milan Bergamo and drove over the mountain pass um, through summer. It's to here. And most people kind of, a couple of people arrived on Wednesday, um, but most people arrived yesterday. And um, yeah, team's all here now. And it's good, actually. But yeah, the vibe's very good. So it's a bit of a, it's almost a team of two halves because you've got some very experienced internationals like um, Graham Griswood and Hector Haynes, who are obviously you know, seasoned veterans. And we were doing the, uh, probably hate me for saying this we were doing the model map today and graham seemed to know more of the coaches than he did the athletes yeah. which shows how long he's been around for um but then we've got other people who are you know made their debut this summer in in internationals or are kind of younger seniors like laura king on the on the female side chloe potter as well um and josh dudley so it, it's quite a a contrasting team but the vibe's really good actually and it's there's a few there's a few dropouts so sadly um we've we've lost ralph and we've lost sasha because there's a lot of illnesses going around at the moment and a lot of other teams are having the similar similar stuff so the talk of the town in davos is um half of the finnish team are out the entire relay team from the um the entire swedish first team from the european champs relay in the men's side is out and not doing the relay um they will be doing the individuals thing i think the same for the women for the swedes um and the very other various other pockets of people dropping in and out, so it's a bit chaotic at the moment. I think with who's actually going to be racing the relay tomorrow, but but the vibe in the British team at the moment is good. Right, I'll expect to see a few changes then to the start list. There is a yes. start list now published, and I've noted I have had raised a few eyebrows at some people missing. Thought they might be, you know, just saving their legs for the 
the the middle and the long distance because unusually we start with a relay um this time but um maybe I think there could be some of that yeah I yeah, think there because could be some saving the legs packed, you know for only three races they are on consecutive days and that is actually quite unusual for forest orienteering hmm. it is yeah especially to have the long at the end of it and the relay at the start it's 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 kind of messing with my head a bit having the relay tomorrow um as the first thing i think a lot of people they want that individual race as the as a nice kind of builder into it um mm. it seems to be a lot of the chat around from various um, british team and foreign teams as well so it's um it's a bit unusual and it's going to be interesting how it goes with the train tomorrow because it's also been decided now slightly last minute but on thursday night that the relay will go ahead as planned because there were concerns around the weather and how snow would be up at the top of the um the ski station at around about 800 2000 meters where the relay arena is they're struggling to get the, the equipment for the arena up there so they've now decided that it is happening so there was a slight debate on whether it would go ahead um but it's all on now and yeah we'll uh kick on full gas for the relay tomorrow yeah so you've done have you done some training today been on some of the training maps what did you kind of make of those and what did you take from it Yes, I've been on the model map. Um, model map's quite good, actually, in, in a rarity, because sometimes the model maps are a bit rubbish and they're um, they're not really you know, great for, for actually getting a sense of the terrain because they don't bother mapping it properly. But this was actually really quite good. So um, boulders, big and obvious, especially ones that are essentially marked as crags with a bit of open rock at the top. Forest is actually quite runnable. It's, re it's really going to track up. So that long distance is really going to track up. Um, and get very fast by the end of it. I think middle distance as well, probably, um, because it's it, in the open sections. It's quite a lot of tall grass. So that's and, and in the alpine pastures, which we didn't go up to in the model event. There's um, that's going to track up. You're going to be able to see miles in that. The forest is quite visible, so if you get your head high, you can normally see a control from around about you know 100 meters away or so, give or take. So it's quite quite good visibility. The greens really runnable. You can just push through it. Um, and it's not too rocky underfoot is a bit. The main thing, though, is going to be the climb. So it's going to be really, really steep. I mean, looking at the and long distance, like, climb, I think it's like six, over 600 metres for the men. Yes, yeah, over 600 metres in 14.2K. The middle distance is, I think, 300 metres in 5.4, and the relay is 280 metres in 4.7, give or take. So right on the edge of that kind of 5%, percent margin that you start to think it's a it's a really uh really hilly race um and it's it's going to be especially the the relay is going to be quite intense so it's um it's starting on a strip of um near a ski station of a relatively flat piece of ground but the only places you can go are up or down so yeah. you're going to have so much climb on on each of those loops um and it's going to be the same for the long the long distance is predominantly downhill you start higher, you start 300 meters higher than you finish. You've still got 600 meters of climb in there, and then mm. the middle distance is roughly um, equal climb from the uh, from the arena to dropping down back to it for the finish. So they're all going to be really tough. They're all it's all really steep, and there's not a lot of forgiveness. So yeah, that's going to be the main thing: is how long can you sustain those those hills for? And do you think it's going to be more about how well you descend as well as how well you climb? I think descending will definitely play a, play a huge part of it, especially on that long distance. Some of the stuff around there when you're dropping down is going to be really fast. 
Um, and especially when, when you do a model, you're obviously going a lot slower. So it feels mm-hmm. like you're being pushed around a lot more and it's quite sketchy going downhill, but it will probably feel a bit more secure when you're actually racing it at full speed and you've got a bit more control. Um, but I think that, yeah, the downhill is definitely going to prove a quite a considerable difference maker. I think if you look at the, the last middle distance world cup in Switzerland, I think Johnny Crickmore did a quite a rogue route near the end of the middle distance that pulled him up to a good result down a really steep hill. And mm. I think that could definitely start to play a factor in, in some of the routes near the end. Cause it's going to be quite similar again with dropping into a town or into an open pasture near the end of the courses. Um, so you can really make a difference there. Even in the relay, bridging up to a group, if you just descend a bit madly, then you can probably <laughs> bridge up because you'll be able to see so much in the, in the more open sections up, up high above the tree line. Mm. Mm. And you're are you on first leg then on the relay? Yes, I'm now on yes, first leg in the um in the first team for, for the relay. So exciting hopefully time. my yeah, exciting times. Hopefully my crash course of attempting to get fit after COVID has worked. But um I've done <laughs> But you love great. the head to head racing, so I'm I do, I'm sure I do. You're, you're really glad to be on first leg. Well, it's fifty fifty. I don't know. <laughs> because it's so foggy up there you can't see where the actual altitude that we're going to be racing it's essentially going to be a night race really because mm. the visibility is going to be so low mm. um and if it's snowing and as, as well and it's about minus three i think at the altitude we're going to be racing at so I'd, as, as from what i've heard so i don't know it could be it could be quite interesting um but it's good yeah it's gonna be fun it's gonna be hectic as it always is um and and yeah i think we've got a pretty pretty good team so it's me then Gigi, then Hector. I think it's a good team, and, and yeah, we'll just see see what happens because um, it could be a bit of a lottery in terms of people going slightly able on the slopes. Yeah, and you said a lot of a lot of the you know Finnish teams not there, also the the top Swedes um, mm. not racing. Um, you know, the Norwegians still look, of course, very strong as usual. The Swiss as well. I wonder if some will be saving their legs, but yeah, it's going to be be a bit bit chaotic and then and then you've got to do a lot of recovery i think we've got dinner at the top of the mountain at the end of the relay race and Me then too. a lot of recovery very quickly ready for the that middle distance and again from the middle distance into the into that long distance on monday yes yeah absolutely so um well middle distance starts um they start quite early actually let me just i think um, i've got a bulletin up here in front of me it it's like what first start for the men is 9.50, first start for the women is 9.20. So you're in quarantine from about probably 8, 8 o'clock, 8.30. Mm. Um, last start for the women is 12.30, last start for the men is 2.10, which I'm assuming they're going to have a, a split in the start order. So they're going to start the last women all as a block. Mm. After probably when it gets to like the top 40 in the World Cup, they'll probably stop the men's starts and then do all of the women and then start all of the final 40 men. Mm. Um but yeah, it's good. So it's, it's not a lot of recovery if you're finishing the, the women finishing the relay. It's um, yeah, lot, it's flower ceremony. Flower ceremony for the women tomorrow is at three fifty. So if you're finishing at three thirty to nine o'clock the next day, it's not a lot of recovery. If you've also <laughs> got to stay at the top of a cold mountain to eat your dinner, it's um, <laughs> it's going to yeah, be a bit I'm, savage. I'm just hoping I'm going to be in it some some place warm for for commentary yeah. Um, yeah. because that's going to be. Uh, um that could get very cold if i was gonna get cold for everybody but even colder if you're not running around but um Mm. and then yeah how much is this leading up to 
the World Championships next year, which is back in Switzerland, flims and larks, again, kind of alpine stuff. Like, how are people tending to treat this World Cup in relation to that World Championships? Um, that's a very good question. I think the impression that I'm getting from um, some of the foreign athletes, the the few that I have spoken to, is that they're a lot of them are tired after quite a long season. I think the trying to do walk to Europeans back to back and mm-hmm. such close proximity, and then all of their national championships in Scandinavia and um, Europe and Switzerland, France, and things has really left them all quite tired. So that a lot of them, I think, are treating it a little bit more. Obviously, the ones going for the World Cup overall are treating it as uh, very seriously, but a lot, a lot of people on that side of things are treating it a bit more as a training camp for next year and less as, you know, probably less focused, honed in as they were for the World Cup at the start of the season. Um, mm-hmm. Myself, it's obviously been a bit different with the illnesses and injuries that I've had leading into it. It's it's difficult for me to view this as peaking for, for this because I know I'm not in that kind of shape. So I'm, I'm personally treating it as a bit more of, um, and I think a lot of people are, a lot of people in the British team and other people are treating it as an opportunity to get world ranking points for next year to Mm. get a good start position for the world cups pre walk and then walk itself because the start position is so pivotal for, especially the long distance. I think that's where they're, um, that's where a lot of people's focus is of, of getting world ranking points because it's not that, you know, people who didn't do Europeans, there wasn't a chance to get any good um, world ranking points for the last couple of years, unless you did what last year. So someone like, you know, take Gigi as an example, he hasn't done any international racing since 2019. There's quite a gap there for world ranking points. So this is a key part of them in their preparations for next year. In terms of that, I think possibly less so than in terms of the terrain, because Although it's similar, there are quite a lot of differences as well. This isn't, it's not as relentlessly technical in sections as, as the stuff in Flims and Lacks next year with the, um, with the uniqueness of some of their terrain. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a good test, but it, it, it's not the exact relativity to No, I think, next year. I think people will have to remember that. I think a lot of people were using it as some kind of measure of where they're at on this kind of ish terrain. Mm. Um, right now and maybe what do they need to improve on a lot of the other you know a lot of other teams have been running out in the mountains um, quite a lot this past even the last month a lot of the national teams have been out various mountainous locations doing a lot of kind of altitude training it's actually where we are is 20, 20% less oxygen than than at um, sea level so uh, people mm. are going to be suffering a bit with that And but I think people yeah. are using it as a measure of maybe what needs to happen leading up to those world championships next year, I think as well. And getting a lot of, I think you're getting a lot of feedback either confidence wise or just kind of going, okay, this is, these are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. This is what I think I need to work on in the next kind of uh, world championship cycle, basically. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Especially on that altitude point, like you say, Catherine, because there's so few races that do happen orienting wise out to altitude of probably other than in Switzerland and France yeah. and maybe a little bit of Italy, but yeah. most stuff happens at sea level. So it, it's a very different physiological demand. And that's not demand. just for the Brits, that's for everybody. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's like you go from a World Cup in Denmark, which is at, exactly at sea level, yeah. and then and you come here it's or Estonia, yeah, it's it's quite a change to um, to just how you, how you approach a race, how you approach the training before, how long do you arrive beforehand, which... So arriving two days before isn't ideal for mm-hmm. um, 
but like I would ideally I would arrive two weeks ago, but it's not possible with, with work. No. Um, and like you say, I think the, a lot of national teams have used this last month when we spoke to Miriam and she was going out to, um, to Switzerland, I think the day or so after, and they've been out yeah. here for a month or so, like you say, and, uh, and they've probably used that as a means of, right, this is our training leading into this weekend. Let's then see what worked, what didn't work so we can replicate it as close to as possible next year or change everything we need to change for, for next year's final four weeks leading to walk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be hopefully a really great World Cup final, kind of lots to play for. Matthias Kibberts isn't here. He was, for me, going to be one of the big, big favourites. So that leaves, for me, the men's class like much more wide open than um, than it may have been if he was able to run. Of course, we've got Tova Alexanderson. Can she get on top of, uh, you know, back on top form? Um, and after quite a tricky uh, European Championships in Estonia, and I think it's going to suit, this terrain will suit the Brits more than the than the Estonian terrain did. So hopefully we'll have some performances mm. that people are satisfied with, people are happy with. Yeah, hopefully that's interesting. Because um, it do, yeah, it does feel similar to parts of the, parts of the Lake District in Scotland, actually. Um, so it could suit the Brits quite well in terms yeah. of what's uh, what what we're going to be facing. Um, I just wonder if there'll be any controversies a bit similar to Europeans mm. that that will raise their head again. There is a conversation going on this week. Um, I'm not sure if it's today or not, as we're recording, that um, is going to be held with the athlete, the athletes photo commission around the knockout sprint and how that's being run and the likelihood of protests and, mm, and that and general yeah, protests around just, things. Just the speed of which the rounds come and the time, it, you know, you need the time to, be able to put in a protest and think about it rather exactly. than it being three minutes after you finish your run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I, I don't know if we'll see any controversies like we did in Estonia with the the way that the long distance went when people were crossing mm. the uncrossable river and what the organisers planned there. There are there is a rail line near the end of both the middle and the long distance, which you have to compulsively cross at a tunnel, and then the sections of town it looks like towards the end of them that you could be going through where there's olive green. And in the model map today, there were sections of olive green where people were already clipping the edges of them and you look at it and just think guys what are you doing <laughs> why, why there's not even point in trying to save time you're just jogging around a model event um so i i don't know if there's going to be similar controversies to to then or if people will um make similar errors to that and that's going to be interesting to see and i think the um the start times are going to be quite interesting so it's back to 90 seconds for the middle distance Mm. Um, and two minutes for the long distance as well. So I think especially in that long, because it's so visible and especially, and when you're up in that higher, the high upper meadows, you can see quite a long way. So I don't know if there's just going to be some huge packs in the long that they're going to form, um, and, and go around together. And it's going to be, maybe it'll turn into slightly more of a trail race mm-hmm. in sections than, um, than, a, than an orange tour race, but that'll be interesting to see. I think yeah, I reckon some around. of our mountain runners, I know Frederick Tronchon is back on a start list, so he yeah. may well do uh, benefit from something like that, especially if it is very visible. But, well, we will watch out for controversies, as usual. Um, all the races, all three races will be on um, orienteering.sport. I am here to do the commentary on all of those three. So, um, yeah, check them out if you're willing to pay a little a few euros uh, towards that. It should hopefully be really, really good fun. 
Will, good luck. Thank um, you. Good luck and pass my good luck on to all of the team as well because um, I'm sure everyone's really excited and really raring to go and yeah, hope everybody runs really well.